0: The fourth Boston College offensive lineman to enter the NFL draft made his intentions known on Tuesday. We're going to talk all about Tyler Vrabel's decision on today's Locked On Boston College.
1: You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: This is Locked On Boston College. AJ Black here. Thank you all for joining us. And thank you for all of you out there that have made Locked On Boston College your first listen every morning. If you have made this podcast part of your daily routine, I want to thank you. I want to thank everyone who supported our podcast. We wouldn't do this without you. With me today, I have Mitchell Wolf. Mitch is a staff writer at BC Bulletin. He does a whole lot of other side work that he'll be able to tell you a little bit about in a second. But we're going to talk about... Tyler Vrabel, who shockingly entered the NFL draft on Tuesday, I think caught a lot of people by surprise, and uh, he's going to be the fourth Boston College offensive lineman on that starting five that's entering the draft. Mitch, let's talk about Tyler's decision. What were your thoughts when you first heard that?
1: I said to you that I was very shocked by this. I didn't expect it to be real, uh, because especially because the deadline to file your declaration papers was technically yesterday, uh, Monday, January 17th. So that news came out a day late. So I was like, oh, this probably isn't real, um, given that deadline. But uh, there's going to be some confirmation from other sources that this is indeed happening. Uh, And I'm just very surprised and puzzled because typically players, if they do declare early, they're declaring early because they're coming off a very good season where they've dominated their competition. And I think to put it kindly, that's not exactly what happened with Tyler Vrabel this season.
0: Yeah. So let's go back into Tyler's history. So obviously son of Tennessee Titans head coach, Mike Vrabel. I had a couple of non BC friends of mine ask me, they're like, Hey, is Tyler Vrabel related to Mike Vrabel? Yes. It's his son. Um, so he comes to Boston College out of Texas in 2018. He redshirts that freshman year. And then Steve Adazio throws him right into the fire at tackle as a freshman. And he's part of that offensive line that plays really well behind A.J. Dillon and David Bailey as they rush for thirty six hundred plus yards. Uh, he has in the uh, future looks really bright for Vrabel. You head into 2020. You know, you got the Phil Jakovic year. It's the COVID year. Things are weird. Vrabel plays all 11 games for Boston college gets hurt after the season. It's reported that he got hurt, but played through it. That's why they moved Zion Johnson around a little bit to kind of help him out a little bit. He plays that season this season. He plays 10 games again, gets banged up again and has one of the lower pro football focused rankings on the, on the offensive line, Mitch, Go into the history. What were some of the things that stood out to you about Vrabel's time at Boston College?
1: I think from the beginning of Vrabel's time, you could tell that he was an incredible athlete for an offensive lineman. Uh, just his movement skills, his ability to get out of his stance quickly and um, kind of negate speed rushers just by being able to get in their way and you know preventing them from getting around the corner to the quarterback. And that's that's what you need to have a left tackle. And that's great. And he displayed that as a redshirt freshman in 2019 i mean he started every game at left tackle and he didn't allow any sacks which is very impressive for a guy in his first year starting um and then kind of you know the next year he flips over to the right side he's fine um you know again they're not running the ball as much it's a lot more pass blocking he's still pretty solid over there um but there were times when he went up against nfl talent like if you think about the pit game uh, there were a good amount of struggles there um and then this season was kind of the same you know the first few games he was dominant because there was lesser competition. Temple game, he had a lot of trouble. There was one play where a Temple defensive end just put him flat on his back and he got hurt kind of into the Clemson game. And that was kind of why he was, I think, why he struggled so much. But they have a lot of really talented players and he was not at his best then either. Um, but my biggest uh, kind of concern with Frable in terms of like from a scouting perspective is that at this point, it seems like he still needs to get more powerful. And that, I, Given the injury history, it might be kind of just lingering effects if it's an upper body injury, which I think it might have been. So that's kind of affecting his ability to, one, you know, aggressively attack defensive linemen in a run game and, you know, get them moving backwards. And then in the passing game, it's preventing him from striking and then just being able to hold up and pass protection.
0: This one just kind of, it just struck me as so weird because we've seen Vrabel two years in a row playing banged up. And you would think that he'd want to get some good film out there, because as you said, he has all the raw talent to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, And one good season, especially one where he could have been the anchor of that, that offensive line along with Christian Mahogany and to give it up. I'm just curious. Do you think he must've gotten some scouting reports or something that must have said, Hey, you know, maybe an agent got in his ears. I mean, I don't know why, what are some of your experiences, Mitch, with hearing about why guys, like Vrabel, jump out so early?
1: I mean, it's, it's it's honestly usually the opposite that you hear. Like, you hear certain players, like the one I remember was um, Tyler Biotish, who was a center from Wisconsin. He's now the starting center for the Dallas Cowboys. And he was a very hot prospect coming out. Um, But for some reason they told him to go back because the NFL draft advisory board gave him a day three grade. And eventually he did fall in the draft, but that was more because of a hip injury, but he's been starting for the Cowboys for two seasons now. And he's been a really good player, like most, you know, kind of draft people expected Um, with Vrabel. It's very strange for me because, you know, I would think that given his relationship to, to Mike Vrabel, obviously, and then, you know, kind of being able to get in contact with NFL personnel, I would expect him to be getting the most, the best and most accurate information possible. And I mean, granted, I don't consider myself, you know, an absolute expert because, you know, I do a lot of this stuff kind of free. So nobody's paying me, but you know, there must be people who are getting paid that are, that see his game be like, oh, this guy is ready to be an NFL player and are telling him that. So I would have to imagine somebody's telling him that based on what I've seen, I would disagree with that assessment. But again, there are people who get paid a lot more money to do this work. So they must see something, I guess.
0: Yeah, it's just one of those you, you, you think back to some of the the players at Boston College that have gone out early and it's been hit or miss like AJ Dillon obviously was a good move for him to go out early. You got guys like Hamp Cheevers. That was a massive failure. I mean, uh,
1: the thing about Hamp is that like he was never going to have a better season than he did that year. Yeah, so that's, true, that, that's and that's kind of what I'm talking about is like you want to capitalize when you are you want to strike while the iron is hot and you know, honestly, like if Rabel had declared last year, I would have been like, OK, like you had a pretty good year. Like, I get it um, this year. I just don't because of the injury, you know, with some players do it because they're an older prospect, just kind of with the way their birthdays lie and the way their red shirts happened. Uh, they declare because they're like, oh, I'm turning like 23. I got to get out with offensive linemen. Teams don't really care about that as much because athleticism isn't as much of a, of a thing for that um another reason is like sometimes players will do it like I I think it was um Peyton Barber who's now running back for the uh Raiders and has been around league for a while and he just said like he declared early people were like he's not that good he's like listen like my family like needs the money now so I had to declare and I can't imagine that's a problem for Tyler given that you know his dad is an NFL head coach and has been an assistant and played in the NFL for a very long time so I can't imagine that's the reason um but I I don't want to assume financial situations but you know, that just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, And, you know, I guess he, he probably got his degree by this point, uh, given that he's a redshirt junior, he's been in at the school for four years. Uh, so I, again, I am surprised, you know, maybe he didn't really love the coaching and the blocking schemes they're asking him to do. And he's like, listen, but, and with that, I would say like maybe just transfer, like, yeah, you know, find a, you know, if he maybe wants to go to a G5 program, that's closer to Tennessee where his dad works um, something like that, you know, middle Tennessee state, I'm sure would love to have him more. Uh, you know, Western Kentucky, something like that. So, you know, if he wanted to leave, I would have said, okay, like hit the transfer portal. Like you'll definitely succeed at some G five program, or maybe even another, maybe even like Vanderbilt or something, you know, because I mean, they're not the greatest team, but you know, he could probably play there. Um, So again, I'm, I'm pretty puzzled by this. Um, but it gives us a chance to get a look at some of the younger guys who are some really highly touted recruits.
0: And my last thoughts on that, the, I think we kind of alluded to it at the beginning the timing of It's just really weird because, you know, right after the bowl was canceled, even before the end of the, at the, the season ended, you got that flood of we're done. The seasons, you know, we're over, you know, you had Alec Lindstrom declaring for the draft, Josh DeBerry not declaring you had everyone making their moves. And then, Like, it felt like a month later, you have Tyler Vrabel make this decision. it just seemed really kind of odd that the timing of it. I'm not going to get into any reasons why. I have no clue. I'm not going to guess. It's not really professional to do that. Just thought it was weird. I thought the timing of it was really weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> All right. In a moment, we're going to move past Tyler Vrabel and look at the offensive line, who are now going to have four new starters heading into the 2022 season. We'll talk about how concerning that's going to be and how Boston College should address it with the guys on their roster or looking elsewhere. It's a new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure to include Built Bar in your plan. Bilt Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Maybe even better than a candy bar because this is a protein bar that is 100% covered in chocolate. It's easy to eat, tastes good, you're going to want to eat it, unlike other protein bars that are chalky, waxy, or just plain gross, you're going to be reaching for a belt bar looking for more of them every single day. I do. I look for one every 2.30 to give me the energy I need to go through the rest of my day. The best part of the belt bars is so many delicious flavors. Whether you try their OG flavors like cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, raspberry, peanut butter brownie, and there's many more, or you go for their specialty flavors. They have ones that they come out with, you know, once or twice a week that you need to check out at Built.com. So head on over to Built.com and then use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. This is Locked On Boston College, A.J. Black, we're talking about Tyler Vrabel and his decision to head to the 2022 NFL Draft. I'm joined by Mitch Wolf. Um, before we get into that, I want to recommend that everyone out there, hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Just look up Locked On Boston College. All our episodes go up there. Um, you can talk to us. You can talk to other Boston College fans in the comments section. It's a great way to share and, and be um, in connection with other BC fans. So hit Locked On Boston College on YouTube. So Tyler Vrabel's gone. Zion Johnson's gone. Alec Lindstrom's gone, Ben Petruel is gone, and Christian Mahogany is left on the island all by himself. Mitch, how let's let's start off by asking the big question here: How damaging is this for Boston College that they've lost four starting offensive linemen heading into next year?
1: I think it's concerning, uh, and I think the bigger reason is kind of something I talked about with Alec Lindstrom, uh, in that you're just losing chemistry and experience and kind of just ability to recognize certain things uh that you're not going to have with guys who are less experienced um you know they may have more natural talent more athletic ability more strength what have you um but they're not there's just gonna be things they miss because they haven't played as much um so i'm there if there's any background noise it's my cat i'm sorry he's being annoying um but anyways um but you know i, th- I gotta give credit to steve adazio and jeff Halfa. they've recruited uh this off at the offensive line position very well in, in the last few years so BC is definitely not lacking in terms of depth and talent at the, on the offensive line of guys who will be replacing these uh, set of players.
0: So I think that at least, so at least two of the starters probably are set in stone and that's going to be drew Kendall at center. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be Ozzy Trapillo at guard. Uh, you add and that Christian, with, Mahog-
1: Christian Mahogany. At guard, and Christian yeah. Mahogany, of course. Yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, new, new starters, I think right. Drew Kendall yes. and uh, Trapillo. Now looking at the other tackles, you have some question marks. Is it going to be Jack Conley? Jack Conley looked, I mean, frankly, really abysmal, rough rough (laughs) in his, I mean, to the point where they had to bench him Yeah, uh, in in that first game he played, Um,
1: I think it was Syracuse he played in against, right? Well, no, he played against Louisville the week before and on his one play, he let up a sack and then they benched him and then he came back in Syracuse and still struggled. So it was not good.
0: And so he's, he's a name to look for. Uh, Kevin Klein is another one. Uh, Many of you are like, like wondering who this guy is. He was a late commitment in 2020, I believe it was, for Boston College. Came in at 6'7", 360 pounds. Absolutely enormous. They've slimmed him down because you don't want your offensive lineman to be that big. Um, But he has been, I've heard lots of great things about him at tackle. He could be someone to watch for. Kevin Pine is another name to watch for. And there's other players that you could also um, talk about, Mitch. Anyone that stuck out to you.
1: Yeah. So I, I still think that there's a decent chance that Trapilo gets uh, a look at, at least at left tackle, uh, given that he is six, eight or six, seven. Uh, and typically you want your tackles to be a little taller than guards because and for, for Dracovic, it doesn't matter as much because he's six, five, uh, but you typically want your guards to be shorter. So the quarterback can see over the middle of the field easier. Yep. Um, so I think Trapilo will get a look at left tackle. Um, if not left guard is totally fine for him uh, with regards to Conley. I wouldn't have minded seeing him at guard given that the issues that I saw for him in pass protection were mostly about a lack of athleticism. So with that, you usually kick guys like that inside to guard. Uh, So maybe they move him to left guard. Um, If not, maybe, uh, maybe he's better at right tackle where he doesn't have to face as many speed rushers. Um, And then at left tackle, obviously that is kind of the key position along any offensive line. Um, And I think, you know, like you mentioned, Kevin Klein, Kevin Pine, or uh, is it Kevin? Yep. Is the other one, are they both Kevin's okay? Kevin Pine, yep, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, those guys were extremely highly rated recruits, uh, they're both huge. Um, so, uh, they didn't. Oh, we lost Mitch for a moment, so he
0: was talking about Kevin Pine and Kevin Klein, and those are two highly recruited linemen that you could uh bring back. Um, another name to watch for on the offensive line is, um. Oh, I think we got Mitch again. Mitch, you were talking about Kevin Pine, the Kevin's, Kevin Klein and Kevin Pine.
1: Yeah, sorry about that. My computer just crashed out of nowhere for no reason. So that was uh, really cool. Uh, but yeah, the two Kevin's, uh, like I said, big dudes have a lot of talent. Would be interesting to see them get a shot at left tackle. Uh, and the good thing about this is you have a lot of guys that'll be competing for these positions, and competition brings out the best in players. So you know those guys will be giving it their all during fall camp, and you know whoever plays the best will get the start. And if they start to struggle, you have guys behind them who, you know, we're, we're pushing them to do better and they can come into the lineup if need be. And uh, there's obviously your guy, Elijah Kragnevick, uh, who probably won't still won't be ready to take get in the lineup yet, given he's pretty new to football. But, you know, maybe next year he could be something special.
0: And one name that we haven't brought up that I think will be interesting to watch and make sense that he's stuck around is Finn Dursteen. Um, who has been around the program seemingly forever. (laughs) He was a four-star offensive lineman. He's a guard. Uh, he's been second on the depth chart behind Mahogany seemingly for the last two years. And before that, I think he's been banged up and uh, not been able to get in the lineup, but he could, you know, if you're talking about a guy that's been around a while and waiting for his turn, he could be someone else that they could probably put in at guard as well.
1: Yeah, this is this is uh these guys like these are ones I like to say oh yeah they're uh, they've been around enough that they can rent their own cars at this point. Yeah. Uh but uh, yeah, I mean if they want to maybe put him at left guard and then, you know, get Pilo at left tackle and Conley at right tackle, I think that could work. You know, like you said Durstine's been around. I actually I actually saw Finn Durstine at his recruiting visit when I was uh eating at Pino's Pizza once, which was kind of a funny thing. Uh but anyways, uh <laughs> um yeah, I mean I he's like we we were kind of talking about him earlier in the offseason saying like he might transfer just cuz there isn't really a great opportunity for him with all these young guys, but now there's, you know, been some openings, you know, maybe he can actually get on the field for a significant part of the season, which would be nice.
0: Yeah. I mean, for a guy that's been around, it would be great Mm -hmm. for him. Now here's a question. I think a lot of uh, people out there are going to want to know about, are you so concerned that you think Boston college should address this depth issue on the transfer portal?
1: Not particularly uh, because I think it's kind of, it'll be hard to find this is kind of, it's a little similar to what you talked about with quarterback. Um, it's going to be kind of hard to find, you know, a guy who, um, you know, you're going to tell them, Oh, you like, you need to come in and compete for this position. Um, and I honestly, I like the guys that they have that are young and I'd like to get them playing time earlier. Um, so I- I'm, I'm satisfied with how the roster shakes out there right now in terms of guys who will be, are willing and able to play, even if they are young and lack experience. Like I want to get them on the field and see what they can do. Um, so I, I- I'm, if they do go out and do that, I'm not going to be necessarily opposed to it um, because, again, offensive line of position is a position group where, you know, more depth is always good. Uh, but I'm not going to be heartbroken if they don't go out and get anybody.
0: Yeah. I'm, I, as I've said on the podcast a couple of times, I, I follow along with a lot of what the offers are going out. I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm honestly stunned at how quiet it has been on the transfer portal in terms of what Boston College is doing. Um, they're really, I mean, I've talked to staff. There really hasn't been anyone that they've been pushing hard for. Um, there may be a, a new name coming out sooner or later, but you know, you see a team like Florida or know, was LSU that I think has like 10 transfers. Boston college is not Jeff Halfley's not BSing when he says that's not how he's building this team. He really is building this team with his development and his high school guys. Uh, so right now I, I agree with you. I don't think they're going to do it. I don't, They were after the one transfer that I saw them linked to all off season has been that FIU offensive lineman, but that was it. And that was about two months ago. So I don't think, I don't think uh, BC is going to be doing that, but you know, all the complaint, all the people that were concerned and rightfully so about the play of that offensive line last year, you're going to get your wish. You're going to get to see the guys like that was the system of all the you know, those were all the Steve Adazio guys. They're all heading out now. You're going to get more of Jeff Halfley's guys infused in there. Drew Kendall's a, a Halfley guy. You know, some of these other guys are Halfley guys. Kevin Klein's a Halfley guy. It's going to be put up or shut up next year. And you'll get to see if it's an Applebaum issue or if it's a talent issue. And that's going to be something interesting, I think, that we'll be talking
1: about all next year on Lockdown on Boston College. Now, Mitch, any last thoughts before we go? Uh, Nope, that's all I got. I mean, you know, like I've been saying, you know, we're we're kind of entering this uh, postseason All-Star Game Bowl season. So uh, we saw Ben Petrula in the Hula Bowl this past weekend, where apparently he performed quite well. So that's good for him. Uh, Former Boston College quarterback Anthony Brown did uh, not perform as well. Kind of a typical performance for him. Um, But in a few weeks, I'll be heading down to Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl, where Zion Johnson will be competing and uh, I'll be really excited for that.
0: All right. Thank you for joining us, Mitch. In a moment, we're going to chat about, I'll chat about, excuse me, it's not a we. I'm going to be chatting about Boston College's first commitment in the class of 2024. It's a name, if you follow Boston College Recruiting, you're going to be well aware of who that is. We'll be back in just a moment. This is it, the putt to win it all. If you sink it, the championship is yours, but on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software to see the full picture? You need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR planning, budgeting, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. And with NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Here's what you gotta do. With over 28,000 businesses already using NetSuite for the new year, NetSuite has a new locked on financing program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash locked. Again, head to netsuite.com slash locked. For a special one-of-a-kind financing offer on of the number one financial system for your growing business. Again, once again, that is netsuite.com slash locked. This is Locked On Boston College, AJ Black. Now it's time to kick off some good old-fashioned recruiting news. For all of you out there that want to know what's going on with Boston College recruiting, you know to head over to bcbulletin.com where I give Free members, all sorts of updates on Boston College recruiting. And for premium members, I give you interviews, predictions, everything you want to know. All the full picture for only a cup of coffee each month. So head over to bcbulletin.com if you want to get more info. Now on Tuesday evening, Boston College landed their first 2024 commitment from uh, Everett Mass athlete Christian Zamore. Now, you may hear that last name if you're a recruiting head like myself. You're going to know, oh, Zamor, I know that. There's a guy named Ishmael Zamor that just committed to Boston College and signed in December. Yep. Ishmael Zamor is his older brother. Christian Zamor is a 6'2 athlete. He's not ranked yet, but again, I always preface this, the recruiting class uh, rankings usually only go with the senior class. So he's, you know, he's a sophomore heading into being a junior. Zamor has a long way to go. He's an impressive player. And I think when you can bring in a family like the Zamores, that's a big deal because Christian is a speedy wide receiver from Everett. Zamore, he said to Tyler Calvaruso, 247.com, he wants to be a safety at Boston College. And his play reminds Jeff Halfley of Cam Chancellor. Now, I spoke to Christian Zamore on Tuesday night as well. So you'll get a, if you're a premium member, you'll get my full interview with him up on the site on Wednesday morning. But let's get into what Zamor means to Boston College. First commitment for the class of 2024. Boston College is just starting to kind of kick off the class of 2023, but we can look at both these classes as one interesting theme right now. There are three commitments in the class of 2023. That's Bubakar Traor, Dutrell Jones, and Jaden Skeet. They are all three kids from Catholic Memorial in Massachusetts. Now Christian Zamore, he is from Everett, Massachusetts. Four players all from the Bay State. That shows you something that I think should impress you that there's four guys already committed to Boston College in the next two classes from Massachusetts. As I've said all along, Jeff is not going to just grab every kid from the Bay State to bring to Boston College. That's just setting up this team to fail. However, there's good talent here, and he's going to do his best to grab every single recruit that he can get that's interested in Boston College into Chestnut Hill. And he did it again. Um, you got the, you know, you got the Zamora family. I wouldn't be surprised if this isn't the only family of recruits from Massachusetts that has sends multiple kids to BC. Another name to watch for are the Griffin families. Joseph Griffin, as I've said all along, is a wide receiver from Central Springfield who is who could play next year. I'm telling you right now, he could play next year. He's very, very good. He's got a younger brother, Josiah, in the class of 2023, who's a, who has a Boston College offer. So you could have the Zamores, you could have the Griffins. It just shows you, you know, Steve Adazio talked and talked and talked about the importance of building a wall around Massachusetts. Jeff Halfley is living it he's doing it now I know Andrew Andrew Rappel, yeah, just committed to to Michigan and you're gonna miss guys it's gonna happen there's a lot of really good talent coming in the next two years to Boston and, and to Massachusetts not all those guys are going to sign to Massachusetts uh, to BC excuse me. however if Boston College can get a majority of them if they can get a good chunk of them that's all you can ask for. If you lose a Rappel, yeah, but you gain Ronan, Ronan Hannafin, another four star, or you gain Samson Lola, you're in good shape. So there's a lot that they can do here. And grabbing Christian Zamore, there's nothing but good things you can say about this. When you hear, when you read, if you're a premium member, what he says, you'll see right off the bat Christian Zamore is a Boston College kid through and through. He's only a sophomore in high school, he's about to be a junior. But you can tell by the words he says and what he talks about. This kid is Boston College in his blood. And I think it's a great get for Boston College. I think he's going to be an excellent player for BC. Someone you're going to want to know more about. So check out our work there. Thank you all for listening to Locked On Boston College. We'll be back again tomorrow. I didn't even get a chance at all this talk to to preview the Louisville game. Boston College is playing Louisville tonight in basketball. We'll we'll review the entire game on Wednesday's show, so make sure to check us out. uh, Sorry, Thursday's show, so make sure to check us out wherever you get your podcasts. This is AJ Black. You can follow me on Twitter at BC. Uh, you can follow the podcast at Locked On BC and make sure to tell family and friends all about Boston Locked On Boston College. I appreciate all of you that have helped spread the word. Take care, everyone, and we'll see you again soon.